we are all natural-born storytellers, whether you think of yourself that way or not. The stories that mold and shape our lives oftentimes become foundational parts of our growth, healing, and even generational experiences. Welcome to Awaken Your Soul Sunday, a storytelling series that share the moments of awakening, trials and tribulations, truth, and vulnerability in the words and voice of the featured storyteller. And now, a life-changing story from this week's guest. In the last years of my 20s, one could say the wheels sort of came off the wagon of my life. I'd moved to LA to become an actor, but found that after years of living in Hollywood, I didn't really have much to show for it besides an eating disorder, a group of mostly fair weather friends, and eventually a drug addiction that ruined everything I thought I held dear and nearly killed me. Though I'd tried to get sober multiple times, the vicious cycle went sort of like this. I'd wake up hating myself for not being the person I knew I should be, knowing I needed to stop putting substances in my body if I had any hope of fixing my life, swearing this would be the day that I stopped for good, knowing it, lasting a few hours if I was lucky, getting sick and sweaty and remembering all the reasons I hated myself and my life and all my mistakes and then succumbing to that desire to blot out my consciousness and numb myself to those feelings. And by then I would do whatever I had to do to get my hands on more drugs that would do exactly that. I'd then briefly feel relief and soon realize I'd done it again. I'd failed again. I disappointed myself again, only to wake up the next day and start it all over. One could say I only got sober because life or the universe or whatever you want to call it intervened in ways that I never would have chosen. In the span of two weeks, I lost my job, my car, my relationship, and I got kicked out of the place I was living. It was like a really cliche country song where the guy loses everything, except in those songs, the singer's usually likable and innocent, whereas I was guilty and I had created the dumpster fire that was my life. As I watched my life crumble around me, I drug myself home to Northern California with my tail between my legs, seeking out the comfort and shelter of the only person who had always been there for me. No matter how selfish I'd been, no matter how many times I'd wronged her, and even after months earlier, I'd broken into her locked pharmaceutical case, stolen her Vicodin, and driven out into the night, dodging her phone calls for weeks. My mom. My mom who had raised me with morals like honesty and accountability and kindness. My mom who had struggled raising two kids alone, gotten us off of food stamps by putting herself through nursing school. My mom who also struggled with her own depression but had watched me, her full of potential child, or so they said, waste away in front of her eyes as I descended into my own dark abyss. She said I could stay with her if I was sober. And I agreed, uncertain how or if that would actually happen. And though my journey wasn't linear, somehow I was able to cobble together a few days and then a few months. And eventually, in 2013, I celebrated one year sober. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And it was a messy and difficult year. And even so, my life began to change. And things began to get brighter. And then one day, 
Soon after that one-year mark, I got a call from my brother at work. He told me I needed to come home, something about mom, and I could tell he'd been crying. I knew with the searing certainty that my world had irrevocably changed, though I didn't know exactly how until I made the drive across town to my mom's house. She was dead. It was a heart attack. She'd been gone for hours before my brother had realized she wasn't merely sleeping. My first friend, my strongest supporter, the person who held my world together was gone. And I felt like I scattered along with her ashes. There's a line I've always loved, though, never when it's been said to me. It's always darkest before the dawn. If taken literally, it makes you think about how dark the night sky is before dawn breaks. How quiet, how looming. In these moments of our lives, this darkness can feel all-consuming and never-ending. I kept spiraling and circling the same thought, how can I live the rest of my life without my mom? How? It didn't seem possible. It was like I was once again a dependent child, unable to care for myself, aware that Nearly everything I did every day, like feed myself and clothe myself and talk to people. All of these things had been taught to me by someone I would never see again. Someone I'd taken for granted, someone I had mistreated, someone I'd assumed would always be there because she always had. The fact was, I couldn't imagine the rest of my life without her. I couldn't imagine what it would be like not to have her at graduation or a wedding or if I decided to become a parent And as I sat with this truth, I realized there was only one way through that moment, something I'd already learned when I'd gotten sober. See, in sobriety, you learn that imagining your whole life without another drink or another drug can be so daunting that you're going to give up. So you learn to stay in the week, in the day, in the moment. I didn't have to know what having a wedding without my mother would be like. I just needed to brush my teeth that day. I just needed to get myself through one more class. I just needed to make it to bed that night. I also realized that in that most broken state, if I were to actually approach people with that less palatable but more truthful version of myself, that I could gain real community and connection with other people. Finally, in in the months after my mom's death, I began to grapple with a relationship to a higher power or God, or the universe, or whatever you want to call it. I'd always sort of believed in God, but in this detached kind of way, like I didn't really need God, I just wanted to believe. I realized that now my mom and my own light was gone to the other side. So whatever that other side held, if there was a God, she was with that power. So I suddenly felt a little more comfortable talking to that power, asking for guidance, for forgiveness, for help. I'd often light a candle, set up a photo of my mom, and just talk to her and God, God and mom. And I would just borrow other people's belief that she could hear me, that a higher power could help me. And I never heard a clap of lightning or saw a burning bush, but the days I was able to put together in that motherless state became weeks, and I actually managed to stay sober. And then the months went by, and the grief didn't go away, but it did soften, And I found that my own strength and belief in myself began to grow, like the seeds of goodness and potential planted by my mom years earlier were taking root, 
I was growing. The dawn was breaking. There was a little bit of light. Threads of mercy that kept connecting me through from one moment to the next. It's now been over seven years since my mom died, and I've been sober for over eight. In that time, I've continued to grow a deeper relationship with myself and people and a higher power. I put myself through school and I got a degree. I bought a home. I started a business. I settled down with a great person, and I'll be welcoming my second daughter in just a few months. The darkness never fully leaves because life is messy. It's not linear. During this pregnancy, I was once again hit with the grief of not having my mom by my side, and I spent the summer sinking into a depression that still sometimes visits. In this particular darkness, though, something else was trying to be born. I kept thinking about all the questions I wish I'd asked my mom while she was alive and things I wish I knew, and I realized I wanted to write down my answers for my own daughters. Then I decided I wanted to create and publish this journal for other people, which was something I'd never done. But I pieced one step in front of another through nausea and exhaustion and often depression, and a journal was born. It's called Questions You'll Wish You Asked, and it's a time capsule journal for moms to write down their memories and their truth and the hopes they have for their kids. And it was cathartic to create a way for others to leave a legacy and Just another example of the unexpected gifts that darkness can bring. How sometimes it can alchemize and lead us into light. As my journey continues to unfold in all of its ups and downs and imperfections, and as I reflect on the nights I kept thinking I had ruined everything, that my life was irrevocably damaged and off course and there was no hope, I now view those days and that girl with compassion and understanding. The same compassion I hope you extend to yourself if you find yourself in the middle of your own abyss, in the middle of your own dark night of the soul. After all, it's always darkest before the dawn. And you don't have to see the light. You just have to keep going. For more information on this week's guest, visit the episode notes section on mindbizlife.com. And if you'd like to share your story with us, click on the Awaken Your Soul tab on mindbizlife.com and fill out the submission form. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend and be sure to give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. Join me on Wednesday for more life mastery conversations. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.